All right, my fellow Patriots, big hug to all of y'all. There's so much news updates. I'm going to make an episode just to update you on everything, including the breaking news of President Trump testifying today and shocking them all. We'll get into that as we get into this episode. Let's start off with a follow-up or an update on what happened with the O'Bidens, the Bidens in Ireland continuing to embarrass America. The commander-in-chief, the occupier of the Oval Office, talking nonsense once again. And so one of the things that she'd look at me and say, Joe, remember, remember who you are. Like, you're a Biden. Like, you know, what the hell is a Biden? You know what I mean? I'm like, like I'm a, you know, anyway. And she said, you can do anything. It was just constantly telling me. I wasn't there all night and I've just seen this clip and a few other clips, but I wonder how many people were stifling a laugh watching Joey. Can't even tell a simple story. Quote, one of the things that she'd look at me and say, Joey, remember, remember who you are, like you're a Biden, like what the hell is a Biden? You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, uh, anyway. Even reading the transcript, I feel like a fool. And I'm not even Biden uh, actually presenting these words. But that's okay. At the end, he dropped one hell of a gem at the end of this uh talk he gave in uh, a banquet dinner at Dublin Castle. So he delivers this disastrous speech before the Irish Parliament. And then this is how he concluded. My heart, there's nothing our nations can't achieve if we do it together. I really mean it. So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go late. Lick the world. Let's get it done. Words of wisdom from Joey. Let's go lick the world. Did he mean to say, let's go light the world on fire? Was he using a boxing reference? Let's go lick the world. I'm not a Joe Biden apologist, but I do think he messed up. I don't think he meant let's go lick the world. I think he meant to say, let's go sniff little girls hair. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, it's the late hour. must be. Welcome to Open Source News. My name is James, Black Conservative Patriot, the bold conservative patriot, the base conservative patriot, bringing you the news every day, sometimes two times, well, generally two times a day, sometimes three times a day when it merits an update like right now. So as we talked about in earlier episodes Today, even though this will probably be a show that most of you will see late Thursday night, early Friday morning, we talked about Hunter Biden accompanying his dad on this trip. And guess what we found out today? Hunter Biden and his family's business associates sought to invest in Irish businesses while President Joe Biden was vice president. Isn't that a coinkydink? On March 8th, 2011, Eric Schwerin, who is believed to be cooperating, actually I think we do know that he's cooperating with James Comer and the GOP House investigation into the Biden crime family. Eric Schwerin, the family's top financial lieutenant, Hunter and Devin Archer, 
conversed over email about the potential investing, the potential of investing in Ireland. And that's according to emails that were revealed by Fox News. This happened on March 8, 2011. After living, listing several projects in the pipeline, Archer suggests the group follow up on business ideas located in Ireland. Ideas we could follow up on, Archer wrote. Ireland, ask for intro through Rooney. And that's a reference to Dan Rooney, who was ambassador to Ireland, appointed by Obama. Sherwin replied that he could set a meeting with Rooney in Washington, D.C. during a St. Patrick's Day celebration. Quote, Ireland, I assume there must be some opportunities to informally connect to Rooney at all at the St. Patrick's Day stuff next week and then formally follow up afterwards. What this email shows is that these opportunists were looking every single which way they can to leverage their the name of Hunter Biden, the contacts of Joe Biden, and make money anywhere in the world. Now, nothing wrong with the entrepreneurship, except when you're using a vice president dad to make those connections. And then vice president dad as vice president and then as president is compromised by the money made. That's the problem, folks. According to a 2020 Senate report, Hunter scheduled a trip to Dublin, Ireland, two years later. On March of 2013, he was there from the 20th to the 22nd of 2013. During the trip, he was enrolled as a prote- as a protectee and received armed protection from the Secret Service. So we got to pay for his Secret Service detail while he was trying to make money in Ireland. Once again, he doesn't have any, any experience, wasn't a good lawyer. We we can arguably we can argue from what we can see if he's even a good guy. Someone uh, I read the comments uh, about a joke I made in the last episode. Yes, I wasn't joking about the fact that Hunter Biden had a relationship with his dead brother Bo's widow. So we don't know what the business deals were consummated. Uh, and which Irish entities may have been involved. But the email shows once again that maybe, just maybe, Hunter Biden, as I was joking before, is looking for some deals in Ireland. He was looking for deals in Ireland several years ago while his dad was vice president. Why wouldn't he be doing it now, especially since he's gotten away with every single crime that we know that's on that laptop? All right. More News updates. The suspected uh, Pentagon leader, who I revealed to you earlier today, was 21-year-old Massachusetts Air National Guardsman, was arrested on Thursday, according to Attorney General Merrick Garland. So we know that the New York Times got there before the feds did. And now we knew that he was arrested, but now we have uh, that information coming from Merrick Garland in a, uh, a press conference. Today, the Justice Department arrested... Jack Douglas Teixeira, in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. And after the New York Times already arrived at Teixeira's home to find him waiting for his arrest. 
That's right. Again, reminder, the press was there before the feds. Hmm. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. I want to thank the FBI, Justice Department prosecutors, and our colleagues at the Department of Defense for their diligent work on this case. This investigation is ongoing. We will share more information at the appropriate time. Thanks, everyone. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the military should be hard at work making sure that 21-year-old National Guardsmen don't have access or can easily take out classified information, top-secret information, and leak it on the web via online gaming. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But everything seems toppy-turvy, half-ass, and Mickey Mouse when it comes to everything having to do with the current administration, even the woke military. But that's okay. At least the guardsmen and every branch of military will know the proper pronouns to use (laughs) because that's going to help us in a conflict with other countries. Okay, now we've got an update on the self-defense murder case of Army Sergeant Daniel Perry. Lawyers for lawyers, attorneys for Army Sar- lawyers. Why does that sound weird to me? Maybe because it's late. Lawyers for Army Sergeant Daniel Perry accused Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza of tampering and retaliation against a detective witness. They say the district attorney prevented the detective from presenting evidence to the grand jury supporting Perry's self-defense claim in the alleged murder of a protester in Austin. The accusation resurfaced today, Thursday, in a letter from the defense attorneys to the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. Texas uh, Governor Greg Abbott recently asked the board to consider a recommendation for a pardon. Defense attorneys F. Clinton Broden and Doug O'Connell sent a letter to the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles to present evidence in support of the governor's requested pardon recommendation. Governor Abbott made the request on April 8th following the conviction by a Travis County jury of murder in the Daniel Perry self-defense trial. The letter from the defense team reveals exculpatory evidence that was not allowed to be presented to the jury by the trial judge. This should be a slam dunk. This should be a slam dunk. As I shared with you previously, Detective Fugit filed an affidavit detailing the allegations against District Attorney Garza and that sworn affidavit Uh, Fugit says that he was essentially threatened if he put in exculpatory information. They didn't want exculpatory information in there. They wanted to railroad Sergeant uh, Perry and that's actually what they got. And now this thing is going to be reversed and we're going to seek justice for Sergeant uh, Perry who was defending himself against a BLM Antifa guy who had aimed a gun at him. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, like the room temperature challenge. (sighs) But this is what happened. As the board will no doubt learn, the lead detective in this case was forbidden by the Travis County District Attorney from mentioning a great deal of exculpatory evidence to the grand jury which considered the case in the first instance. 
There's a very clear legal distinction between choosing not to present exculpatory information to a grand jury and tampering with the testimony of a grand jury witness by shaping that witness's testimony as to what that witness is allowed to say under fear of reprisals. In fact, when the decorated detective later explained in an affidavit that he believed the Travis County attorneys tampered with his grand jury testimony, the district attorney did retaliate by putting the detective on a Brady Brady list which ultimately caused him to resign after almost 30 years of exemplary service at the Austin Police Department. Now you're asking what a Brady List is. I was asking the same thing. A Brady List is compiled by prosecutors or police departments and contains a list of law enforcement officers who, quote, have sustained incidents of untruthfulness, criminal convictions, candor issues, or some other type of issue placing their credibility into question. That's according to a presentation published by the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Being placed on a Brady list is the gift of death to a homicide detective's career. The detective can no longer serve as a homicide detective because they would not be able to testify in court about the evidence they gathered during the investigation. Wow, they are truly, truly evil. These Georgie Porgie Zorro funded DAs. This is what Marxism looks like, folks. This is what Marxism looks like. All right, another follow-up story. Remember I told you that they're going to be giving Obamacare, oh, sorry, Affordable Care Act care for DACA illegal aliens? Well, check this out. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is applauding President Joe Biden's move to open the Affordable Care Act to hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens deferred in the DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program. On Thursday, Biden announced that DACA illegal aliens will soon be eligible to secure taxpayer-subsidized health care benefits through Obamacare and Medicaid. Mallorca said, quote, DHS is committed to doing everything in our power to preserve and fortify DACA. Why is DHS committed to doing everything in their power to preserve and fortify DACA, which is an executive-created program and not the law and mission of Department of Homeland Security? We support President Biden's effort to expand health care coverage to DACA recipients. I am proud to have put the DACA program in place as Director of United States Citizen and Immigration Services in 2012. Oh, that's right. Mayorkas has skin in the game. He was part of this sham 11 years ago. Over the past 11 years, DACA has provided... This is a statement. Sorry. This is Mayorkas' sta- statement. Let me read it without any commentary or or editorializing it. Quote, I am proud to have put the DACA program in place as Director of United States Citizenship and Immigration Services in 2012. Over the past 11 years, DACA has provided over 800,000 young people with security in the only country many of them have ever known where they can make significant contributions to their communities. We stand ready to work with Congress to provide permanent protection for dreamers. Now, folks, let me play for you a quick clip here. This is during a State of the Union address in which Obama said in rolling out DACA and announcing DACA, and you'll notice that Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House and she's behind Obama and sitting next to her, of course, is the Vice President, who at the time was Joe Biden. And Obama promised that DACA would not mean health care for them. But in the third term of the Biden administration, Like all liars, they've gone back on their word. Also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants. 
This too is false. The reforms, the reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegal. It's not true. Obama clearly said it's not true, but during his third term, under the guise of Joseph Robinette Jr., Obama has gone back on his word, and now DACA recipients will be eligible for taxpayer-subsidized health care. It's a lot easier to go back against your word when it's not you up there as the spokesperson for your own presidency, but it's your former vice president playing the fall guy. All right, let's get into Trump and Trump trumping during his testimony, during his deposition. Former President Donald Trump is now facing mounting threats on multiple fronts. One week after he was arrested here in New York, Trump was back in Manhattan for a deposition today with the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, as part of her investigation into his business. So Thursday, President Trump answered questions for seven hours during his second deposition in New York Attorney General Letitia James's ridiculous witch hunt. If you recall, back in September, Letitia James announced a lawsuit against President Trump and his family. She's been trying to make uh, President Trump pay a $250 million uh, fine, ban the Trumps from running New York businesses for good, trying to stop them from being able to buy commercial real estate in New York for five years, and making a criminal referral to the U.S. Department of Justice. She's been investigating the Trump Organization since day one, since before day one, actually. And her latest thing is that he inflated values on some of his properties. So this is what uh, President Trump had tweeted out. I am heading downtown to meet with a racist who leaked that I would be there at 9.30 a.m., the leak makes it much more difficult for the police and Secret Service to do their job. The civil case is ridiculous, just like all the other interference cases being brought against me. If I had a fair judge, this case would have never happened. MAGA. Now, this is what Trump's lawyer, Christopher Keis, had to say. The transaction at the center of this case were wildly profitable for the banks and for the Trump entities. When the facts of this, of this success and not politically engineered sound bites are out in the open, everyone will scoff at the notion any fraud took place. AP is reporting, former President Donald Trump answered questions for nearly seven hours Thursday during his second deposition in a legal battle with New York's Attorney General over his company's business practices, reversing an earlier decision to invoke his Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination and remain silent. This is where Trump trumped everyone and surprised everyone. It was expected that he would just go there and plead the fifth, but he didn't do that. He spoke and took questions for seven hours. Now I'm guessing he probably schooled them over and over again like, I am the CEO and chairman and president of the Trump organization. I am not the accountant who is down there or the appraiser doing the values on the paperwork. This is ridiculous. This is like getting the CEO because the bathroom is filthy at Starbucks. It's not his job. It's not in his purview. It's not his responsibility. His pay grade is above that accounting activity. The Republican met all day with lawyers for Attorney General Letitia James, who sued Trump last year. Her lawsuit claims Trump and his family misled banks and businesses 
business associates by giving them false information about his net worth and the value of assets such as hotels and golf courses. Because, of course, President Trump is the one who values golf courses, his hotels, and puts together his his financial statements, right? President Trump doesn't have any attorneys. He does all that by himself, along with Ivanka and Eric and Don Jr., Freaking ridiculous. Once again, the Democrats don't even know how business works because these are career politicians that are, these people are barren, they're, they're robber barons, right? They're, they're, they're of a thievery class that does not create anything, doesn't add anything to the economy. All they do is they suck from the taxpayer, they get into public service, and then they make money with influence, selling influence and access. They don't create anything, they suck from the government teat in form of taxpayer money and then they suck from all of their lobbyists and all of the other money they make on the side with kickbacks and whatever. And of course, you can audit them and you'll never find it in their bank accounts because it goes into offshore accounts or into the names or accounts of their family and friends and their other skull and bones brothers uh, or what have you from college. Shortly after Trump entered the Manhattan skyscraper that houses James's office, his attorney, Alina Habba, said he was, quote, not only willing, but also eager to testify. Not only willing, but also eager to testify. For, for seven hours, I'm sure he, he answered questions and spun around them as they were pushing or ex- expecting President Trump uh, to push back against their questioning with pleading the Fifth Amendment, which he apparently did not do. All right, folks, and our final follow-up for this episode is Bill Barr again. Now, in the last episode, I said that uh, I, I showed you President Trump's Agenda 47 in which he's going to fix the justice system. And of course, we talked about how he's learned his lesson with A.G. Bill Barr and Jeff Sessions. And if he wants to accomplish the things that he detailed, which we broke down in the previous episode, he has to get past having someone like A.G. Bill Barr. So since I mentioned A.G. Bill Barr in the last episode, this is kind of a follow-up. I know it's a stretch. But this is Bill Barr defecating on President Trump and his legacy on CNN. Back with me now to discuss all of this is Trump's former Attorney General, Bill Barr. And welcome back. I do want to ask you, though, about the latest legal move we've seen from your former boss, which is filing a lawsuit against his former attorney, Michael Cohen, to the tune of $500 million in damages, saying that he allegedly breached his contract. Do you think there's any merit to that lawsuit? I'm no legal scholar, but Michael Cohen was his attorney, and he waived attorney-client privileges when he was strong-armed by Alvin Bragg and others to rescind his side of the attorney-client privilege. Isn't a person who is represented by an attorney, don't they have a right to, in perpetuity, assume that that person is going to keep that attorney-client privilege? I'm no expert, but it seems to me like President Trump has all the standing and merits legally in the world to sue Michael Cohen. I mean, all I've seen is newspaper uh, uh, reports on it. 
I didn't see what the substance, I, I didn't detect any real substance to the lawsuit. Bill Barr goes on to explain in like this 10 minute interview how there's not much legally there when it comes to the Southern District of New York lawsuit uh, against President Trump, this Alvin Bragg one, uh, the Letitia James one. But he seems to think that there is something to be said for the federal cases against President Trump because of Trump himself and his personality. And of course, this is Bill Barr once again backstabbing President Trump needlessly. Uh, but that doesn't mean everything that Trump does, uh, he's a victim on. And I said he's frequently his own worst enemy and he digs himself holes and he does some things that are reckless that are clearly going to uh, give rise to investigations and look into them. And that included uh, both the, the documents in Mar-a-Lago and uh, the uh, January 6th episode. And the events after December 14th when all the states had certified their votes. Man, I hope that when President Trump starts his second term that he has someone that is such an awesome attorney general that A.G. Bill Barr will be nothing but a distant memory. Thanks for being here, folks. If you're watching this on YouTube, press the like button, the share button, the subscribe button, and of course, the notification bell. If you're watching this on Spotify or listening to it on any of the podcast platforms we're on, make sure you hit follow. Don't forget that we have a second YouTube channel, the BCP Report. Link is down below, as well as our off-platform show called BCP Unfiltered. The link is down below as well. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.